Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello. Ooh. Hello, 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 Oilers fans. That Fuck voice my is voice, so man. raspy. Oh my God, that's the worst it's ever been. <laughs> I don't know what's going on today, man. Water. What is happening? I, man, I drink a lot of water. My voice is just mangled. Jesus. I, f- I feel like you're the worst alcoholic or something, and I just I don't know it. Like, you just wake up brutally hungover, and that's when we Dude, do a podcast all the time. You should hear it in the morning. I go to work, and I guarantee everyone at work just thinks I go on a bender, like, every single night. It's awful. <laughs> I don't... It's it's the thing I'm most self-conscious about, which is weird, because I literally do a podcast. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... I don't know what to do. Anyways... Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. On today's episode, we're going to talk everything going on with the Edmonton Oilers, which isn't a ton since they uh, got knocked out by the Chicago Blackhawks last week, but we are going to take a look into the draft lottery. Uh, Mike Green has retired. We're going to talk about that briefly, as well as the Kent Hall Presser. Um, after all of that, we're going to take a little bit of a look around the NHL heading into that first round, I guess you could call it second round of the NHL playoffs. After that, we are going to talk to Jared Hawkman. He is publishing editor for covers.com, which is a sports odds gambling website. He is also a Rangers fan. Yeah, no, Jared's awesome. He's a longtime buddy of mine and yeah, unfortunately a Rangers fan, so he gets to celebrate that first overall pick. But he's gonna he's gonna be a good talk to you. I'm excited to talk to him. Uh never actually talked gambling with him, which is funny considering it's his job. But uh but yeah, we'll get into it there. I'm a little bit of a D gen too, so you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> gonna get some tips from him. Before mm-hmm. we get into that though, I've got a little bit of a surprise for you. We had a buddy hockey troll, host of the official Caps Chirp podcast. Leave us a voicemail. So I'm going to play that right now and we're going to, you know, see what he has to say. What's going on, boys? It's me, the Hockey Troll, calling in from the official Caps Chirp podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. And I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you, especially you, John. Um, You know, I come in, I spend hours and hours listening to you try to defend the way that you record the podcast and all these highly rated uh, recording systems and things like that. I come in, show you how to save like three hours uh, per episode editing and not a single fucking shout out on a show. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's fucked up. You know, I've, I listened to the last three episodes of your show and <clears throat> oh fuck. I mean, what a fucking buzzkill that was to hear you guys go from we're going to sweep Chicago to, oh man, our season's over. Uh, quite, quite the turnaround there, but, uh, <clears throat> Don't forget, I've also got some some bets on beers with Kyle and, and Kyle. We you know we haven't talked recently, but uh, after John flip flopped to the right side of the bet, he was you were right initially um, very much on your side. He did flip flop. He is now on the winning side, uh, or which what seems to be the winning side so far. So you know, whenever you're ready to to record that or, or whatever it is that that it looks like that I can confirm payment on that bet. 
Uh, you tell me, bud. So uh, I, I don't know when this thing is going to run out of time, but uh, yeah, uh, pretty shitty, guys. But uh, <laughs> good talking to you. So first off, I've got to say I dropped the ball. He's completely right. He spent hours on Zoom sharing my screen trying to figure out this goddamn software. So shout out to Hockey Troll. That's my bad. I dropped the ball on that one. You didn't even tell me that happened, so I wouldn't have known. I'm sorry, Hockey Troll. You just cop out. I think I did, but... (laughs) I'll take the cop out. Okay, fine. Take your cop out. So anything to say about that bet for anyone that's kind of out of the loop? So we made a bet through the Hockey Podcast Network amongst a few of our hosts. And this was back in probably April. Whether yeah, the Stanley April, Cup was like right when all the pandemic was setting in and they were they were talking about like how they were going to get the the playoffs working. Right. So the bet was is the Stanley Cup going to get awarded or not? And Kyle said no. So what was it? 3 beers or 2? It's 3. It's shotgunning 3 beers. So you know, just a couple more episodes. Well, I mean, probably a good like six or seven episodes, eight episodes. Once that cup gets awarded, you're going to be crushing some beers. It's I think you got to do that my... on a podcast. Yeah, whatever. I'll do it. Yeah, It's going to destroy my soul, though, because I'm in the middle of a month break for for drinking right now. Like I'm just over a week. And uh, yeah, probably slamming three beers right after taking a month off is just going to, you know, wreck <laughs> me. But yeah, do is it, it live, I a, guess. Woo. Is it going to be a uh, flashback to you and Brad on that one episode? Oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> just yelling at each other. Me <laughs> yeah. trying to fucking moderate you. Goofs. I hardly remember that, dude. I was like edging on blocking out that episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising. Editing <laughs> that podcast was some fun. We're going to see how that goes. Kyle shotgunning three beers throughout an episode. Um, oh, I'm probably going to puke. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fluid. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. You're going to be pretty yeah. bloated after that one. I'll, I'll keep a garbage can right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into some Oilers chatting here. Okay, Kyle. First off, draft lottery didn't go our way. Oilers will be picking 14th in this upcoming draft. As much as I would have loved to seen it, you know, hockey gods for once weren't on our side. But I think there's a lot of options at 14, obviously. I mean, time will tell how the first half of that first round goes once it actually gets going after the season. But I don't know. I wouldn't. My gut tells me early on, I would not be surprised to see Ken Holland trade down. Uh, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see it. I think it really depends on who's left over there, right? I mean, there's there's some incredible players, and we all have been told over and over again at how deep this draft is supposed to be. I I don't know. I mean, it all depends on what you're going to get back for that pick, right? It better be a top winger for sure. Well, I I don't think getting a winger in that sense, just with the cap implications, I'm thinking you trade back further into the first round and get like a second round pick in addition. Especially considering we don't have our second round pick this year and we won't have our third 
if Holland decides to give him uh give Calgary that pick instead of next year's. My bad. Um yeah. I mean at the same time though, right? Like how you build a healthy cap compliant team is by building a strong team of uh of rookies that can keep coming in and filling holes in your roster, right? To keep that minimum feed cap in there. So I mean if there's like the Jack Quinn kid, you know, whose name also sounds like a superstar name, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, you know, like, it, like there's some good players that could be left over there. I, I just think oh, that's going to be a very Jarvis hard decision fun. to make. Um, I mean, we have enough prospects at this point, right? Like we are a little bit stocked in the cupboards a bit, but not forward depth really, you know, no. like we got Benson coming up. That's about it now. Like Yamaboto, like Dry, McDavid, Lavoie. everybody's here now, right? So I think you forgot about Lavoie, but yeah. Yeah, sorry, Lavoie. It's I mean, as far as the wingers and centers, it would be nice to add, you know, another first round stud there for sure. Too bad we didn't win the lottery though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dude, I sent you that slow motion video. I, I guess we could probably tweet it out or something too, right? But uh of the balls bouncing around right before they got sucked up. And oh, I was Toronto looking was so, so close. closely, looking for the Oilers one. Like, where was it? It was so close. But the Toronto one, dude, was bouncing in the pipe and just got shot out. I, I'm so much happier that New York got it than Toronto oh, yeah. or Pittsburgh if we didn't. Like, I, yeah. I mean, the Rangers have built quite a team in the last year. Like, Man, it was like got Fox, a... Panarin. Um, you get, didn't Shisirkin come there too, like in the last year? I don't know. Like, I think dude, that team is stacked. Line, sure. Like, it's. Crazy. We'll have to that talk to uh, Jared about that more, but yeah, man, like it was literally a year ago. They were talking they issued that letter to their fans. Like we're saying sorry, it was going to be a tough a couple rebuild. years. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, obviously the plan helps them out, but they were really what? I think two points out of a legitimate playoff spot when COVID hit. Uh, was it two points? I know they were making a surge. I talked to one of my other buddies about that and like they were fighting back, but there was also quite a few teams around them that were also. Oh yeah. Pushing, there was like five right? or six fighting yeah, for that so, last spot. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a lot of things going right in order for them to, to make it in, but Hey, I mean, it all worked out in the end for them now. Right. So yeah, it'll nothing else matters. Huh? You know, going into that lottery too, if the Oilers didn't win, like you said, I'm glad that a team like the Rangers won, like, if it wasn't the Oilers, I was rooting for Minnesota, Florida, Rangers, teams in that sort of situation, right? I can't, yeah. like, I wouldn't have even been that mad if Pittsburgh won, but if Toronto won, oof, that one would have hurt. Well, I wouldn't have been, yeah, I wouldn't have been mad if Pittsburgh won, I guess, too. It's just that people would throw back the conspiracy theory stuff that always happens, right? Like the league would lose it. I'm happy it went somewhere else. Um, you know, the kid, I'm sure, is stoked. He gets to play in, you know, the Big, Big Apple. Apple like, yeah. Frick, man. Living in Manhattan at a 18-year-old kid playing ice hockey. Like, that's pretty pretty sweet life to look forward to. And, I mean, and, you uh, have Panarin there. You have Kako there. You have yeah. Zabinajad there. Yeah. no, I mean, They've got a yeah. decent team. As well yeah. as, I mean, what's going to happen with Lundqvist. But we'll talk a little bit more about the Rangers when Jared joins us here in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, let's switch gears a little bit, Carl. 
So Mike mm-hmm. Green, um, Elliot Friedman mentioned on 31 Thoughts that he is retiring, which honestly, that really caught me off guard. Like I figured he had opted out because he was going into the summer wanting, you know, not a huge contract, but wanting one last kick of the can. And, you know, obviously we don't know the details, what his health and, and, you know, what kind of condition his body's in. He's getting up there. I believe he's like 35. He's 34 right now. 34. Thank you. I, I was a little bit surprised at that. Were you? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit younger than you would expect, and he's a serviceable six D man, right? Like six seven slot in, and yeah, I kind of thought the same thing as you're saying too, right? Like take take the summer off, get your body healthy, come back again, see if you can get a one two year deal, even right somewhere. Um, at the same time, I'm sure he's seen the writing on the wall, and. You know, at one point, I'm sure players start to question, like they love the game, right? But how much, how much is it worth? Like, am I sacrificing my future health to make an extra million and a half? You know, when I've already got 30, 40 million in the bank. I think the thing that like, maybe he was just humming over the decision, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing that surprises me is like, if you're planning on retiring, you're on Edmonton, which obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. We know how that worked out. Yeah, but why wouldn't you take the shot of the playoffs? Yeah. 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 Like you have one more shot at a cup. He hasn't won a cup, has he? Because he was in Washington and then moved to Detroit. So Um I, Yeah. I I don't know, man. I mean and, it, it must be like there's mentally he was just not into it. I don't know. He only played what one, two games for the Oilers anyways. Yeah, like two. Maybe he didn't think he was gonna crack the roster, didn't feel like he was a part of the team yet, anyways, like he owed it to anybody to be there. And hey, I'm not like questioning, you know, his commitment or anything. At the end of the day, no, 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 no. He's his choice. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I'm not trying to sound like that either. No, yeah. and I know you yeah. you weren't. I was worried I was. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so, I mean, best. Yeah, of luck. I mean, I, I wish the best of luck to him. That's it, right? I wish, yeah. uh, I wish we could have seen him play a few more games for us. But, uh, but yeah, like no animosity, like whatever. It, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah, he retired. It yeah. is. So, I don't think he would have been back anyways. I mean, who knows? Maybe you sign him as that seventh D. But, I mean, if I was him, I would have went cup chasing if I was coming back. So, you know, I have faith in this team, but. If I'm Mike Green, Edmonton's, you know, they're probably not number one on that list. No, right? Like, it's nobody's place to play their last year of hockey, right? Like, yeah. We already have a hard enough time finding (laughs) free agents as it is, right? You think somebody wants to come here to, like, do an early retirement? Yeah. Yeah. Adam Oates style. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that Ken Holland presser, though, before we jump in with Jared. And actually, I had a little bit of uh, NHL general talk, but we can chat with Jared about that. Um, So, Ennis, you did have a fractured leg, which, as you pointed out, Kyle was, I mean, we're not doctors, but it was, it didn't look good. That ankle bent pretty, pretty Oh, man, I I was texting you the second it happened. I was like, that's a broken leg. That's a broken ankle. Like, yeah, it bent inwards. It looked horrible, man. But Yeah. uh, yeah. It was less than ideal. So... Mm. 
I mean, I don't know. I, he's a guy I'd like to have come back next year. Honestly, like I think he's, he's 29 or 30. He's a guy that can come in likely for very cheap. And I really liked him in the, in the, on the third line. And I think he's a guy that can, you know, not ideally, but he can move up and down your lineup when needed. So yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be no, interesting. I mean, and, and he was a faster Sam Gagne to me, right? Like he just carried yeah. a lot of energy, you know, he became a fan favorite pretty quick. Uh, considering he came at the deadline, right? Like a lot of people fell in love with him and uh, I loved his style of play, right? So um, yeah, I'd be happy to bring him back. I hope he recovers, you know, well, seeing what McDavid was able to pull off last season. I have high hopes for him, but yeah. uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, he's exactly the type of person that we were looking for through the playoffs uh, before the show, you know, and, and as well as last episode too, we talked about Cassie and not showing up and, and then me and you before the show talking about Lucic playing for Calgary and how he's looking now. Right. Yeah. And it's like, fuck man. Like those are, that emotion is what we need. And Ennis was one of those players that played with that all the time. Every yeah. time he was on the ice. That's he was one of the few that really bought it in the play in round mm-hmm. before he was hurt. So he did, Holland did refer that he's going to, have conversations with his agent kind of as the off season, as well as Ennis's recovery progresses through the summer and into the fall. So it'll be interesting, but I really expect um, Ennis to be back on a, you know, probably a two year, probably a two year deal. I'm going to guess. Yeah. He'll be two, two year contracts from here on out. Probably give him a little bit of a job security and likely for not too, too much. But the other big takeaway for me in the Ken Holland presser, and this shouldn't really come as a big surprise, but he was saying that he wants to be a top 10 team in terms of goals against. So moving into next year, he um, obviously said that the reality of trying to upgrade defensemen, it's not an easy task, but there are lots of young D in the pool that are, you know, progressing towards making that impact similar to what we saw from Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones this year. So obviously time will tell, but you've got to assume that, I mean, obviously Holland's referring to guys like Bouchard and Sam Rukov, Lagesson, Broberg. You've got to think that, you know, those guys are going to get a legitimate crack at the lineup this winter, I guess you'd say it at the start of next season. Yeah, easily. Like, I mean, the time has come for those players to step in. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about them for years now, it feels like, right? So minus Bo- Broberg and Bouchard, really. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm ready for this team to take the leap. I think everybody is, right? Like, we we keep expecting this team to be better. And and I just want them to take the steps to do it, right? Um, I, I mean, we're almost there. And I think that we can be that top 10 team in goals against. We have the coach to do it, right? Like... I mean, the people slacking on Dreisaitl and McDavid for not being defensive enough, like, I understand it, right? Like, the leadership has to come from there. But, I mean, they they also need the support around them, which is what everybody knows in order to accomplish those goals. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's obvious there's moves that still need to be made, right? But there's a lot of growth that has to come from within, sorry, uh, inside this team in order to become a contender. Because we have the players here already. They just have to, you know, make an impact. That's it. I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, as far as Leon and Connor, it's, 
you know, I understand those guys have got to be the leaders. And on um, Spectre's article that he got torn apart, um, he's really pointing out that that leadership and that defensive culture starts from the, with the, from the top. And I don't disagree with that. I mean, picking that time to, I don't want to say attack, but more or less call out the leaders of this team. I mean, like you said, those guys really need some more support. And do they need to be better defensively? For sure. But that doesn't happen overnight. They're still extremely young players that are getting better season over season. So to put that all on them is a little bit out to lunch, in my opinion. Yeah. It's I mean, just, yeah. it's just more, it's more chasing players out of town, more just scapegoating. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not what we need. Joining us on the Oil Country podcast is Jared Hawkman. He is a publishing editor for covers.com. He has previously published work for Odd Shark as well as Bodog. And he is also an editor of a book to celebrate the Halifax Mooseheads Memorial Cup win in 2013. He is a Rangers fan, and we are going to talk everything from sports gambling to the New York Rangers, everything going on in this weird NHL playoffs this year, and more. Stay tuned, everybody. It's great, you know, just enjoying watching hockey all day, every day at these bizarre times and bizarre hours. And what's a bizarre NHL world now? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely crazy. No, and, th- and thank you very much for joining us. We were, uh, I was stoked when, when Kyle texted me saying you were, you were interested there. Congrats on the uh, first overall pick as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So uh, I know I found it funny, you know, last week, you guys are really nice because last week, you brought on a guy that represented the team that put you out of the playoffs. This week, you bring in a guy that represents the team that edges you for the first overall pick. So, you know, we're really, kind of, really a very friendly environment here in the, uh, the Oil Country podcast. So, uh, but no, I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic for, you know, the Rangers to get, you know, the first overall pick. I want to say get Lafreniere because we figure, you know, that should be what happens. Um, but it, it's, it was a very dubious process. When you, uh, if you, when you watch the whole uh, the production that they did unfold, you know, the guy dropped the ball ahead of time and the conspiracy theorists went wild. And not that I was against it. I think I was cheering like an eight year old child, <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's uh, it's big for, for a Rangers team, you know, for us, we're really, we're heading in the right direction. And I think another a young franchise superstar obviously makes any team better, but I think it'll be really good to accelerate the timeline for New York. Absolutely. It's uh, I know Kyle has a swack load of questions for you, but just while we're on the topic, we mentioned when we were recording before, I think it's just so crazy that literally a little bit over a year ago, Rangers management was releasing a letter to the fan base saying that they were entering a rebuild or a retool, however you want to phrase it. And that it might be a little bit of a tough stretch. And now, you know, a little bit over a year later, you guys made the play in. You have Panarin has come in, had a huge impact. Uh, Zabinijad is obviously a big, um, big impact player for you guys still. As well as, sorry, I'm completely blanking your your young goaltender. Um, Shesterkin. Shesterkin, thank you. 
um, as well as drafting Capo Caco. So it's it's been a wild upswing, and sometimes in those rebuilds, you need a little bit of luck, and you need some things to fall your way. And obviously mixed with, you know, proper management and everything, but it's got to be an exciting time for you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on the head there. I mean, you got to so that you, it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, and you know, you know, the Rangers moved up in a big way to get Capo at number two last year. You know, they I guess they technically moved up nine spots in this draft to get the first pick. Uh, Shesterkin has looked everything is advertised. You know, you managed yeah, you managed to land Panarin. And even then, there's still a lot of great young pieces in their system, you know, with Nils Lungfist and Keandre Miller, uh, Morgan Barron, who was like a sixth round pick a couple of years ago and at Cornell right now. He's really playing really well and uh, looking good. So, you know, it's a lot of everything's kind of happened to go right for the Rangers right now, which is a weird thing to say because I'm you know, used to so many years of everything going wrong. Um, but it, yeah, it's, 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 we're looking, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, all the pieces are in place there, uh, for, to kind of have a very quick, quick rebuild and, you know, really kind of sustain uh, a long stretch of excellent hockey. Can say, uh, definitely being Edmonton fans, although we've gotten <laughs> lucky in our first overall picks, it, uh, <laughs> that's true. pretty jealous watching how quick the rebuild is happening there. <laughs> we wish we could be as competitive that fast. You're already deeper than our team seems to be. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, but Edmonton, you, you guys got some, I mean, obviously you have, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, which are, you know, two of the five best players in the world. Uh, but Yamamoto's look, you know, look really good this year. You know, you got Bouchard and Broberg, you know, there's definitely some pieces there. And I mean, Edmonton was competitive this year. I mean, they got upset in the first round, but, you know, things are heading in the same trajectory. The only difference is for the Rangers, we have Shesterkin and Edmonton is still looking for that, you know, that goalie to help galvanize and solidify everything. Which is, that's been my soapbox I've been standing on the entire time we've had this podcast. Like, I wanted Spencer Knight last year. I want uh, Askarov this season in the draft, right? Like, I, I yeah. want us to have a superstar goalie that we can take a, just a chance on, man. Like, I know it's a huge pick to, to be putting up. But, uh, but goalies seem to be coming in at a younger and younger age now. And yeah. it feels like throwing that pick out there isn't as much as a risk as it seemed to used to be i i don't know well, like uh, well like you said i mean for years it was always you know the forge were the safe bet and you know the goalies and defense is more risky but edmonton's the proof you know you look at some of the high first round picks that you guys have spent on forwards and they haven't all panned out you know a lot yeah. of them haven't so you know there's not recent history history bias is saying you know if you really want to address that need in goalie go ahead um I mean, I don't think off the top of my head, I'm trying to think if there's any like free agents or goalies that will be available or a veterans. Cause I know Smith, I think is a UFA for you guys. And he is, yeah. you know, do you, yeah. do you believe in Koskinen? Is he really the guy going forward? I think that's yeah, an interesting exactly. point, like using yeah. that terminology, the guy. And you see a lot of the teams kind of going to that one, a one B setting. And I think Koskinen can be a one, a, one B goalie, but he just doesn't have that superstar ability as well as the consistency to really be that, you know, 60, 70 game guy, which yeah, I don't know, maybe that's just an NHL trend and this is what you're going to see more. But the, the tough thing, you know, like the only 
to be devil's advocate, the only downside of having a Carey Price, a Lundqvist, a Shazerkin is you've got to pay those guys. And yeah. now you have a ton of money tied up in those goaltenders and less money to spend everywhere else. But I think the Oilers yes. have deeper problems than just goaltending, though, too, is you got to give those guys some help as well. I mean, we have had, I mean, not great goaltending, but we've had decent goaltenders play for our team, even over the last decade, right? And get chased out of town. And it, yeah, it's the defense is the issue on the Oilers, the team defense, you know, like it, it has to be better playing in front of Koskin in order to give him a chance. Cause when yeah. he's on, he's a great goaltender. Like he really truly is. But, uh, but yeah, definitely not carry price level like not even no no it's but, true but yeah i mean i find it funny too that like you won't take the chance on on that goaltender in the draft but then you know you'll throw well not throw away but you'll trade away players that you then drafted or picks in the future to trade for that goalie or you'll pay up the ass in free agency anyways so i, I don't know it, it to me it's like what's the difference really like yeah ask uh, ask the florida panthers how uh paying mega bucks for a goalie yeah, work you know, out. works out. I mean, Bobrovsky wasn't great this year, and Columbus looks like they didn't even miss a beat, yeah. especially defensively. You know, with Jonas Corposalo or Elvis Merzlikens, or you know, insert anyone that seems like they could put in there, and they'll you know they'll turn out you know a very solid, competent goalie. That's that's kind of gonna gonna keep them in any game. That's a fun team to watch. They're just so defensively sound and and committed to their system. Torts is really. He's really done some impressive work there. Well, yeah, he has. just to tag on the goalie thing itself too, like Corpus Allo just set the playoff record for saves in a game with 85, right? Like that's like, what? Like it's crazy, man. Yeah. What did you guys think of that game? Did you catch it? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. So I, I missed a lot of it because I actually ended up playing soccer that night. But like I was yeah. watching the game and I was like, oh, it's going to like overtime. And I left to go to soccer and I come back and the game was still going on when I came back. And I was like, I just missed another like four periods of nothing. But, you know, like you're seeing the highlights and stuff. It's it's weird because it's playoff hockey. It's a, it's overtime. But maybe this is just me. I still feel like it just doesn't have quite the same edge to it that like previous playoff hockey does. Like, I don't know, maybe it's because these guys are all still getting their legs back after a long layoff or they're all just playing really defensively. Or maybe it's like an illusion with no fans and that. But it seems like the game itself is like a hair slower than what I'm used to for playoff hockey. Um, And it also seems like there isn't quite the level of bad blood like there's been some some scuffles and fights but you know i know in previous years you'll see these guys and they're just they're going at each other non-stop you know every second is it's you know maybe they're just being physically distant I, i'm you know i'm not <laughs> sure but it's uh it, it's it's still a good product and it's you know i'm so happy to have it back but it looks like they're still kind of trying to get back up to what they've been in the previous few years for what playoff hockey is i couldn't agree yeah. more and honestly I think a lot of it is the fans not being there. Even for players, like, they know there's a lot riding on this playoffs, and obviously there's still a Stanley Cup to be won. But when you look at how many teams and how many players are just having letdowns, as well as that energy and the bad blood that you bring up, Jared, it not being there to that level, it's like I almost look at it where it's like, imagine a huge rock band playing an empty coliseum 
Like that yeah. energy just isn't there. It's still a great show, no. but exactly. And uh, I mean, I guess Tukaras summed that up about what four yeah. hours ago when he, you know, decided he wasn't uh, he's done for the season. And I mean, you know, he cited some family stuff too, but he also kind of gave the indication that it's it's not. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel like the playoff hockey team. Like it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. He's almost putting an asterisk asterisk on it himself. Right. And I'm sure, you know, other players in that too, but. Hey there. Have you ever thought to yourself, I really like hockey and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life and questionable opinions. I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group. Okay. That will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay. Walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down and get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go Canes! Um, I guess to tie that in as well, to give you, you know, I'm, I'm a betting guy and I you know, work in sports betting. So far, in the, in the, since this NHL's restarted, it's, it's been so low scoring. I mean the under for every total is like, it's almost like 60% going under all the time, you know, and it's not like these guys don't have talent. It's not like anything's dropped off, but you know, they're just not quite as fast, not quite as sharp and teams are just kind of locking down and you're, yeah, you're just seeing so many low scoring games going on, especially in the early going. I, I I'm sure it has wonder. like a peewee tournament feel to it. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost wonder if it's easier for a goalies to get back up to speed. Like, everyone always kind of thinks that it would be the opposite is what I heard kind of through talk radio and reading before this got going. That the assumption was it could be high scoring until goalies kind of get that confidence built up. But I mean, you look at the goalies that started off well, and maybe the opposite has happened. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it ties in, you know, again, the guys like, you know, you see, you know, passes aren't quite as crisp and makes it when you have that speed, that's not quite the same. I guess that makes it easier for the goalies because the game moves slower. It's easier, you know, to stay focused, to stay tracked, to stay with everything. Um, yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I was not a goalie growing up, so I don't know for sure, but I, that seems like a very, you know, valid you know, observation, especially just to go cross sport. When you look at say the NBA and their restart, they forgot what defense is completely. Every game is like incredibly high scoring and they're, you know, they're just going, you know, bonkers there. Whereas hockey, they're really just, you know, grinding and battling. Now for us as the fans, though, it makes for great viewing because every game is, you know, coming down to the last minute, going to Mm -hmm. overtime. Like it's right. Every game is pretty much competitive. So that's, that's there. But yeah, it just seems like, you know, if you're in your fantasy pools, there's just not a lot of points going on the board no. right now. I actually missed out on my fantasy pools for this year. I usually do one, but everybody kind of bailed because they didn't like the the format. So first year, but as far Same. as the goalies go, sorry, go ahead. You know, it, 
trying to pick on, you know, pick with like the qualified route and then going into the full, like it just seemed like way too easy for me to uh, just be out really early and like yeah. to lose it. Uh, and we had this weird dynamic, which I guess we're kind of seeing in this, I, I call this the first round now. Say what you want about those round robin seeding games. They're basically exhibition. Yeah. You know, these guys, like they were going through the motions and, everything and then you see these teams that were in the qualifying matchups and you know from day one they're playing you know meaningful games and they're desperate you know they got it's winner go home for them they've come out into the actual first round and they're also bringing it to them um of the eight matchups right now i think the pre-round favorites only leading in two of them and that's vegas and colorado everyone else is either tied or like the underdog going in is ahead so i think there's that weird dichotomy too of you know, half the teams weren't really trying and now they're getting their feet under them, whereas the other teams hit the ground running. And you know, I think you're seeing that a lot in the early matchups too. St. Louis has uh, been a huge surprise. Sorry, go ahead, Cal. Well, I was just going to ask, like, I know nothing of the gambling world. Like I've literally, I think I placed like one bet on DraftKings one time, you know, <laughs> like I I'm know nothing. With hockey, like it being such a, close game like with the parity of teams as it is already and then going into this playoffs and that being skewed like you're talking about how hard is it to to put odds on a team in hockey and and be right as a like sports book <laughs> like you know yeah well it's uh you know i mean it's, it's not easy to begin with especially like I said with hockey so the main bets when you're doing you know hockey gambling is you can do the money line which is just like team a is going to win by any amount you know and the, the sportsbook will put any number of price on it or you can do what's called a puck line in which case you know it's usually like one and a half so a team has to win by two goals or more and then you do your over under trends and then or over under bets and in hockey for the most part it's usually five five and a half goals for both teams combined mm-hmm. in a game and you just kind of go with that um i found where a lot of value has been had is in pre-series betting so, like, say, for the Montreal-Pittsburgh qualifying round, betting on Montreal just to win that series. You know, that would have, I think that one would have paid you, like, four or five times your bet, four or five okay. to one. Um, so that's that's kind of thing. And then, you know, like I said, I guess one of the early trends you're looking at is, you know, you're really just banking on low-scoring games in the under because that's what we've been seeing a lot. But we're also got this weird setup for hockey this year in that some of the trends are tough because – you know, you're getting games at noon or in some cases 11 a.m., which, you know, never happens in hockey. You're getting back-to-backs, which never happens in playoff hockey. So, you know, you're seeing teams, as you said, John, that have to you almost use like a 1A, 1B for goalies. You know, normally in the playoffs, you know, Carey Price or Tuka Rask or, you know, you know the team's top goalie is probably going to roll out every game. But, you know, you look at Carolina, they went with Reimer in game two because they were playing on a back-to-back. Um, I think the stars went with Hudobin last night. And so it, it's, it's r- almost harder to do it, to handicap it this year, because you've got all these extra variables that we've never had before. You know, or say like tomorrow, I think there's five or six NHL games on the slate. By the time you get to those late games, that ice is going to be choppy. You know, there's going to be three, soft, two yeah. or three games played on it already if they go to overtime or, you know, they go extra and that's a lot of wear and tear on the ice for one day. So, you know, you had to start taking that kind of stuff into account. Uh, so it, it's 
it's been really kind of tricky uh, for us at covers. You know, we do information, you know, analysis and some picks to try and really kind of nail down some of the uh, some of the edges and the angles for betting on hockey. But uh, it's just, we're finding a way. I mean, uh, so you know, right now the thing that's good is the longer this goes on, the more you get, the more information you're getting, and the more you know, kind of you have to go on to make your informed decisions. A little uh, bit more know, of a sample size. Yeah, exactly. You know, the bigger sample size you get, the more you can go with. Um, so that's kind of just, you know, so the early on, you just want to kind of, you know, tread water and, you know, just kind of stick to, you know, stick to what you're doing, stick to what you know, and, and trust your gut and eventually kind of turns itself around. So I've got have you. At, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. John. I have one there thing I have to say. Yeah. So I, I do a little bit of sports gambling, specifically with hockey. And the whole time, once we found out the play in round, I was talking about throwing money on Montreal. So I was like, Pittsburgh's typically slow starters as well as Carey Price can steal any game. And then I chickened out and I didn't put any money on there. And I'm so mad at myself. Um, The other thing I've got to say is, so talking about the ice being choppy. So if we see any five overtime games again, probably not a bad idea to be betting the under on that next game. <laughs> yeah, I would say the, the under looks good there. And if they're saying there happens to be a game that follows it that day, definitely be looking at that. You know, sloppy ice is sloppy hockey. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was just, wasn't it crazy how right when we get into these first rounds, there's like all these overtime games right away. Like, you know, there were obviously the 5 OT one, I think was in Boston, Carolina with double overtime yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. It's like all these teams, like just, when you decided to play as much hockey as they could, you know, games postponed to the next day and things like that. Yeah. It's very interesting situation. Go ahead, it's, Kyle. It's, Sorry, I think I cut you off last time. Oh, good. I, I just had a general question. I just wanted to ask, like, you ever get any hate mail for, uh, like, sending people in the wrong direction for a bet or anything? Or do you try to be pretty objective in what you're writing about? So... For me, right now, I'm more of an editor slash occasional writer, so I haven't received too much uh, hate over the years. Um, I got called out for a couple of basketball picks a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> but if you ask over other writers, like there are people on Twitter that just love to rip on you when you miss a pick, right? And, you know, when you consider that some of the best, you know, handicappers in the world they hit around like 60% of their picks. Like if you're hitting, like if you're above 50%, you're doing great. You're winning. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. You're winning. Yeah. So like, you know, when you miss it, people, people make mistakes. They get things wrong. That's why we, that's why it's sports. That's why you play the game. Like if, if everything was easy to predict, everyone would do it and there'd be no point in playing the games because, you know, we all have it figured out. Um, and but yeah, I haven't received too, too much. You know, I haven't gotten called an idiot a couple of times. Or like, how did you miss that pick? But like nothing like too cutting to the bone yet. Yet, I say. Is it more so people that believed you and lost money on it? Or is it more people just when you publish it disagreeing with you? Uh, the angry people are the ones that believed you and lost money. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you'll get people. I find people that disagree with you for the most part are pretty respectful respectful about it like i mean one of the one of the best things about the sports world is having sports discussions um and for me you know as an editor and as a writer if i'm gonna put myself out there with a pick or a prediction as long as you have some sort of sound evidence or reasoning behind your pick 
you know, it, it's hard to argue because I mean, people view things differently, but you know, it'd be one thing for me to say, you know, the Canadians are the highest scoring team in the league. And that's why I want them to win because you're just wrong. You right. know, but if you say, you know, like you said, the, the Penguins are notoriously slow starters and Carey Price can steal a game, a series at any time. That's sound enough reason to back, you know, a big underdog. And, you know, you go with that. And as long as you present your case in, you know, a thoughtful and comprehensive manner, that's, you know, the best you can ask for. Well, Jared, I mean, you got a pretty much like a sports watcher's dream job, right? <laughs> like you get to you get to make your own like predictions on on what you get to watch later in the day, right? Like it's your own hobby that you get to love work about. How did you go about getting into it? Like, did you go to school for journalism? Did you just take a chance? I don't know. I don't know that world. So, so tell us about how hey, you got there. So. Let's rewind all the way back to high school when I'm going to the university and I think about what I want to do as a career. And, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to be a pro athlete, but then I realized that five foot seven and not having any real athletic ability, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I figured the next best thing would be to make a career where I get paid to talk about sports and watch sports and involve it. Uh, so yeah, I went to journalism school at the University of King's College in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Shout out UKC Blue Devils. Um, and took, you know, kind of a long road back and forth. You know, I worked at a company called Sports Direct in Halifax doing breaking sports news and, you know, some picks pieces like that. And I worked for the local newspaper in Halifax, you know, doing some like hockey stuff and just general news, you know, a couple other things here and there and around. But uh, I eventually loop back around to my current position at covers.com. Uh, I just started it actually in May. Uh, yes, they, they, you know, they found me, they needed an editor that could also do some writing. Uh, it just seemed like a great fit. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's exactly what you said. It's a dream job. I mean, I'm, I was working today, but by work, I was, you know, just editing baseball, hockey and basketball articles while watching the hockey game in the background. And, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, I do that anyways uh, on a regular day. So to be able to include that as my work, uh, it's great. And, you know, and it's, you know, getting back to what you said about, you know, whether it's people getting mad or interacting with you in social media, that part's great too. Like I love to communicate with people. I love to, you know, share discussions and thoughts, and, you know, just talk about sports and this kind of gives an easier forum to do that. And, you know, eventually now, you know, I've really hit the big time now that I'm a uh, guest to guest that uh, cameo on the oil catch podcast <laughs> you know, it's really trending upwards <laughs> well, i'm glad for the highlight of your career yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll have to add that to our resume <laughs> nice nice just nice. providing yeah, hopes uh, and dreams <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so, yeah it, it's great and uh, the other thing i've also found is with this role i've learned so much more about not just sports betting but sports too, because you know, we you know we get writers submitting stuff about every sport, you know, that you can bet on, basically. And you know, a lot of it's you know comprehensive analytical knowledge. You know, I'm learning more about uh, you know trends about games. You know, I know more about betting the Korean baseball organization <laughs> and betting the WNBA now than I ever thought I would. Uh, you know, I like I it's it's just once you're when you're immersed in it, it's just really easy to kind of pick it up and keep going with it. So. Do you find yourself betting on Korean baseball now? Uh, before all the other sports came back, I was. I was because <laughs> our, our main KBO writer was actually like hitting like 60 some percent of his picks. I was like, I'm just going to tail this guy. Yeah. Um, no but yeah, I've, 
I've, I've been betting WNBA lately too because like it's uh, it's crazy that just you know there's been odds there to be had and I actually have a three team WNBA parlay going today that I'm one for three so far. We're gonna see how the rest of it goes. Um, and yeah, it's it's just it's just fun to be involved in all this stuff and you know just to see about it all and you know it, it really opens people's eyes when you start talking about you know, these random sports like the KGO or something like that, that people don't know, but you actually, oh, this is a betting trend for this one. You seem like, like the most knowledgeable person in the world. Did you have kind of a more like specific interest as far as the statistics and everything in sports? Or were you more just kind of a general sports fan that got directed towards the statistics through your work? So even as a kid growing up, I always just, I, I was more about like the coaching and the strategy of sports. Like I just loved watching games. And, you know, if you ever talked to my dad, he'd tell you the same thing. And when we watch games together way too often, I would call out plays before they would happen. Like just like analyzing the game and seeing it. Um, and as I got older, statistics only helped kind of shape that perspective and the ability to kind of like see things that's happening. Um, so I kind of always had an interest in, you know, like I said, the, the, the statistical analysis and looking at that for sports. And, you know, then I, I play fantasy sports too, where stats is much the name of the game. And so it all came together. And then once I finally started getting into sports betting, I'm like, oh, this is just an, another application of all that knowledge where you can win money too. Um, yeah. So, you know, so just kind of putting that together, just kind of rolled as a natural flow. Um, and then, you know, being able to get a job with a sports betting information company just made it you know for even made even more sense it's kind of brought it all as like one nice neat little collective package that's cool man love it with uh with it being you know obviously the crazy time of coronavirus that we've uh we've gone through and, and how much that would have affected uh covers and everything that you guys do obviously how did you guys go about handling the coronavirus situation while it was at its uh seemingly peak for the time being right now yeah so for us um especially like in the thick of it in like may june july we kind of got bailed out by european soccer and some of the you know the non-north american sports coming back so you know we really pushed big into you know bundesliga and you know la liga and epl and that uh golf came back so we kind of did that and once we once the north american leagues kind of you know started teasing out you know that they're going to be coming back you know with the nhl's return to play and all these other things we were just able to start launching into you know predictions previews um because i mean besides us like sports books and sports betters were hungry for anything mm-hmm. so you know as soon as the nhl said we're going to do you know this return to play format with the qualifying rounds and the seeding things there was odds pretty quickly for all of those series and anything new so it's like you know and people just gobbled it up so, you know, we just kind of made the most out of it by, you know, just offering what was available. Um, it was a little, little dry for a bit, I mean, you know, but uh, yeah, but it's, and now it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's pandemonium, you know, I think it was, I remember seeing, I think it was on like a Tim and Sid Instagram or something that like the first Saturday when everything came back and there was like. 94 sporting events happening on that Saturday between every baseball game, hockey, soccer, blah, blah, blah. It was like an actual bananas day. Um, and I love it. Like, it's just, you know, all all the months of sports fans, like, 
not doing anything or wondering what to do get just like relax on the couch and have multiple screens and just keep refreshing the sport they, they half all day and just just going for it i feel like the betting has probably gotten out of control for some people right now with this play and watching multiple games a day and like uh not having betting for months at a time and just going hard when they came back right uh have you have you seen that like it's an, an increased amount of of people that well, are interested in it or i know some of my friends have been like i bet way too much money today <laughs> you know like john tells me that money. about four times a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just, it's just easy right it's easy to be like oh well you know there's six hockey games so if i put like action on each one of those there's like six bets right there like where i see a tip like um oh hey look to Raskis decided he's not gonna play anymore i'm gonna yeah, i'm betting on carolina back. let's go I'm getting on carolina getting on the under actually i took the under in that game and did you go so well but um yeah it, it's it's just you know i guess it's a microcosm of the general world we saw as soon as people started getting things they you know embraced it you know arms wide open and jumped head first into it and it, it's crazy because obviously like i mean not to get too real with everybody but for a lot of people it is a tough economic situation yeah. but the wild mm-hmm. thing is being kind of cooped up for so long i mean look at the oilers 50 50 for instance broke over $5 million and it's like, there's still some money being thrown around. And obviously yeah. when you have those months of boredom and nothing going on, the thing that I found is, is so wild is like you mentioned with that uh, Tim and Sid post and everything kind of seemingly coming back at once here. It was, there was months of so many people working from home or staying home. And now that more people are going back to work there's a lot of people complaining about those early games and being stuck in the <laughs> office at 10 a.m. when their hockey team's playing a playoff game, which which can be tough. I mean, us being on the East Coast, it was more the flip side of trying to watch Oilers hockey when games weren't starting until 10:30 at night on a yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think I guess you know, there's always a plus and a minus to everything and uh for yeah for the people like i know i said some of my friends have been the same thing like we were talking yesterday and i was like hey guys you guys ready for your Habs game because you know my buddies a couple of big hats they're like oh my god i completely forgot that the game was on at like i think it was like four o'clock atlantic time is there back in nova scotia like yeah it's just like it's like there's just there's no rhyme or reason to it anymore and in the past you know playoff games are always like 7 p.m eastern or like 8 p.m for the most part or trick 11 now you're getting you know 2 p.m. games, 3 p.m., 3.30. Like, you have to check the schedule every day. Like, know what's going on. Otherwise, you're going to miss something. I mean, of course, for all three of us, we don't have to miss anything in terms of our playoff team. Yeah. (laughs) It is nice, though. Like, honestly, I like the the afternoon and morning games. It's awesome. You throw it on the radio at work or whatever and watch in the background, like you said, having a bunch of screens all set up with however many sporting games going on. I'm I'm a Suns well, fan in the NBA, not a huge, huge NBA fan, but watching their 8-0 run kind of in between hockey was absolutely crazy. It's it's been yeah, a wild and, run. <laughs> and I mean, like you said, you know, people have been cooped up for for so long with really nothing to do. And like, you know, I mean, I'm in Toronto right now and there's still, you know, there's still slowly on opening stuff, but you know, everything's not back to full bore. So a lot of times, like in the mornings, like it's still kind of boring you know so you get something to watch at like you know noon 
just kind of gives you something to look forward to and something to kind of jump into and do um, as opposed to when you were just watching the news every day and, you know, getting the latest, you know, coronavirus updates or what's going on. But yeah, so it, it's, it's providing a nice outlet for sports fans, you know, especially for hockey fans to, to kind of just get it all back, you know, make up for the lost time and jump right into it and really just kind of go for it. And, you know, and you actually get to watch at your leisure. Right. Especially throughout the summer when normally all that's going on is really what, like baseball, racing, yeah. maybe a little yeah, bit exactly. of soccer. I don't even think they yeah, usually play during the summer. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, it was funny when I saw, I think it was, was it the last, was it game four for the Penguins Canadians when they're like, I think they were talking before, it was like, Sidney Crosby is playing a playoff game with his birthday for the first time. Like, yes, it's August. It's the only <laughs> time it's happened, actually. Like, yeah. yeah, it's never going to happen again. So, um, you know, there's also, yeah, I found there's been lots of like cool little like factoids and almost like some wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, tongue in cheek style right. things that they could bring out. This is the first five overtime game in the month of August in NHL history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, so it's. Uh, I've seen a good one that the Dallas commentary booth did. They uh, did a thank you to all of our fans. And then they just scanned to like the, the arena crowd and they just had four fans sitting in the crowd. Like, yeah, like <laughs> air moving like, oh fans. Like yeah. air motion fans. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh so, yeah, that was so awesome. I'll ask you guys this. This is, you know, we're on the topic of the fans. Um, I know like NBA and MLB for their broadcast have done, you know, really emphasized piping in that sound and really like making it sound like it. Do you guys find the NHLs doing the same or do you find NHLs a little quieter than the other ones? I think it's definitely quieter, quieter personally, but I haven't looked into it specifically, but does it also depend on who's broadcasting? Because I feel like I've seen games. Yeah, sometimes it's loud and sometimes yeah. you don't even hear it. It feels like, yeah. Just seems yeah, inconsistent. Uh, I'm just going to blame it being EA Sports and their shitty system. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense because it's, it's fun to blame EA Sports for everything hockey related. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like it's, you know, just getting back to what we said when I first got on here, it's not having that crowd edge of the cheering and the yelling and the, you know, like when you watch an old playoff game, like you could like feel the arena shaking. You know, for real you, yeah like there's like, a lot you, of energy in that building yeah. yeah and it's just like it just doesn't have it there yet um so i know i'm just waiting you know we just need someone an, a really good like fight or something we need someone to really like mix it up there i'm looking at Calgary, maybe. to me every that. time yeah. i hear the crowd sound too it doesn't sound like an arena of people either it just sounds like five people like let's go <laughs> habs let's you know it's like not woo You're like okay dude. yeah What's yeah, even the point? Like, I'd rather group. just hear the yeah. players talking. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's funny too that we've got the two bubble cities and neither team is actually <laughs> there. Not mm-hmm. that it, not that there's a home ice advantage per se, other than the, the last change. But, like, but it's pretty horrible watching teams play on what is your ice. Your ice and you, you're not there. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it stung, you know, seeing the Flames tweet out the Oilers locker room. Obviously, the Oilers are out, and they're in our fucking locker room, man. Like that's that's a tough thing to see. I can imagine, and I mean, from a betting perspective, like before the qualifying round, I mean, I guess the summation, the qualifying round of all the games, I would say the Oilers are probably the biggest upset in terms of the way it all kind of panned out. Because I know, like before the 
the qualifying round matches, the Oilers, I think, were like fifth on the odds board to win the Stanley Cup in general of all the teams, right. uh, just because, you know, they were at home and all that. But, you know, so it's that uh, there was like a home ice advantage per se that they thought about. But, you know, I guess not there. I mean, for the Leafs, it's the Leafs of the Leafs. It was a classic Leaf thing to do. Yeah. Um, so happy when it happened. I was laughing my ass off, dude. Yeah. Honestly, it so was so happy. Like, if the timeline, if I remember this correctly, it was like Oilers got knocked out on the Friday, then Pittsburgh got knocked out on the sad or same night. Same Either night. The same night sure. or the next yeah. day. And then Sunday, the Leafs got knocked out. And I was like, yeah. okay, all of a sudden, I feel a lot better or less bad about this situation, yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah. You guys weren't the only like major upset that happened. Um, I mean, at least I know the Rangers weren't expected to win, but I mean, the, I think it was best summed up when my dad, I called him after the, the game, after game three, and he literally said, you're telling me I waited four months just to watch our team get obliterated three straight games and go home. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's what, what happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. So, um, you know, beauties of 2020 playoff hockey. Yeah, no kidding. See what the uh, fall and winter have in store for us. Just want to ask you guys, you know, with as a role, unbiased, you know, bystanders for the rest of the hockey playoffs, who are we liking here to go all the way? Uh, John, you go ahead first. Man, it is so wide open this year. Um, I am going to predict a Colorado and Carolina Stanley Cup final and revenge from 06. I'm going Colorado Avalanche. Okay, I like the storyline. I like the storyline approach. <laughs> John, do me and you like a damn? I was gonna pick Carolina, Colorado. I would love to see them get there. Oh man, I'm struggling for a team right now. I want to see Carolina win the cup. Like that's basically where I'm. Why? <sighs> I mean, I don't. I, really I, I, that's that that's a terrible cup. thing to say, actually, as an Oilers fan, that I want to win the cup. <laughs> yeah, but... they already got one, man. That's yeah. all I I, them in Arizona would be like my two teams that I would love to see get there mm-hmm. just because they're, you know, the teams without the fan base, the market size, hopefully would help grow their base a little bit more. But yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you. Like Colorado's probably my, my pick at who's going to walk their way there. I had they, seen they Lewis originally, good. but ooh, I do not what, like what I'm seeing out of that team. Out of who? St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. They, they do not look good at all. Yeah. You know, and Vancouver looks fantastic right mm-hmm. now. I mean, uh, you know, those young kids are all flying and they're playing defense and they're in goaltending. It's, um, I mean, I wouldn't count the Blues out yet, but they've got some real issues with Bennington playing poorly. And, you know, they, there's talk they might go to Jake Allen and, well, Jake Allen. So I don't know what that means. And, you know, you take what you can get. Um, yeah. Colorado looks great. I mean, it's so silly when you watch Nathan McKinnon play, like as soon as he touches the puck, he just like goes into like a speed that I think only McDavid can also hit. And he just looks faster than everyone else. Um, all that said, I think I'm kind of on the Vegas train right now. Yeah. They're um, a deep team. They're, they're deep. You know, they, I, I sorry to all the Mark Andre Fleury lovers there, but like Laner's the guy and he's playing well. And you know, I mean, actually, it's funny I say that because before the uh, this first round, Vegas actually became the cup favorites. 
Oh, really? So, prior, so yeah, after this, after the seeding tournament, after the round round, before this first round, Vegas jumped up to the top odds. So I, I guess I'm a chalk guy right now. But <laughs> I tell you, I just like the you know the physicality they're playing. They play defense, and you know they've already like they went to the finals two years ago, so they've already got kind of a lot of that they have to play some of the veterans. Yeah. yeah. So in the East, I mean, who knows? It's I, I kind of. I almost want to see Tampa because like they're almost like the capitals of a few years ago. Like they've been so close so many times. Uh, but if they're lucky to even get by Columbus, that could be such a draining series on them that I think another team could sneak in. Um, I don't want to see the Islanders because as a Rangers fan, I physically cannot cheer for them. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I'm going to have to kind of go in the, the Carolina trade with you guys. That's, and I get to cheer against Boston too. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to jump in the hurricane. I'm going to go Hurricanes Vegas for you guys. No one picked the Flames, so I can accept all those answers. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do have uh, one, you know, while we're on the topic of predictions, before we kind of wrap up here, Jared, what is your kind of take on the whole goaltender situation in New York, as well as what is your prediction for what happens with the King? Oh, oof, oof. So that's 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 one that I don't even think I have the odds for yet. Um, I think clear head and shoulders, Chesterkin is the guy going forward. I think the Rangers started to show that before the lockdown. You know when they went, you know they played him uh, as the number one. He went like ten and two. He just looks the whole part of it. And conversely, Lungfist does not look very good. Like he looks old. He looks you know a guy that's you know on the very downturn of his career. Uh, the problem is he still has one more year in his contract at eight and a half million and he's untradeable so that um, you would like to, the fan of me and the person with my heart would like to say, you know, you keep him for one more year, let him ride out the swan sun and they go their separate ways. But unfortunately with Alexander Georgiev also there, who's very capable, you know, like a one, a one B I personally think, I think the Rangers are going to buy him out. Um, I so, think that's sorry to cut you off. I have one question because I, I believe the buyout yields you guys about two to 3 million in space this summer. And then obviously extends that cap hit uh, yeah. into the next season. So you don't think he's tradable if they retain 50%, which would clear 4 million in cap space. He could be the question is where would he go? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I would love to see that because, like, yeah, you're right. If they if they buy him out, then yeah, then they're hurting themselves down the road. I mean, they went down that road with Dan Girardi and Kevin Shattenkirk, and they're still paying those guys like a million or something for the next like two years, I think. Um, you know, there was because there was talks at the uh, prior to the deadline that Lundqvist could go. I know, like the Leafs are in conversation, you know, to, for him as a backup, and there was a couple other teams there too. Um, yeah, if the Rangers. Because the Rangers just have to really survive this upcoming season with Lundqvist's contract, and then he's off the books and go. But and unfortunately, they just can't send Georgiev down. So that's where their conundrum is, and they can't carry three goalies all year. That would be, you know, really kind of crushing for them. But yeah, I mean, if I'm sure, you know, Gordon, and we're going to look to find, you know, a solution where you know Lundqvist can, you know, even for posterity's sake, look like he's going somewhere he wants to go or going on his terms or going somewhere that he can kind of fin- fill up the tail end of his career. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough. I think regardless of what happens 
Chesterkin gets the majority of the starts next year in New York above all. And then, you know, hopefully they can find somewhere to, to slot the Lundqvist or Georgia situation. Um, it's because the cap is going to be tight. I mean, there's, I, it, you know, getting Lafreniere is going to be great for New York, but it's going to come at the price that they got to pay him. And they're going to have to pay him, you know, three or four years. And Zabinijad's going to be a UFA, I think, after two years. Panarin's getting big money. Tony D'Angelo's an RFA right now. You know, Adam Fox will need a contract down the road. Capital, like, there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with Shesterkin, he's going to be a number one goal, and he's going to want to get paid. Yeah. So in a couple of years, and there's going to be a lot of things going on. So the more cap space and cap clarity the Rangers can get sooner rather than later, and the less penalties and things that they have, that will be you know paramount for them keeping together and not getting into a situation, you know, almost like Toronto does, where they've got their hamstrung with like four forwards and a goalie and nothing else. So I feel so bad for Freddie Anderson. He's the scapegoat <laughs> right now, too. <laughs> Dude, for no reason. He's an incredible goaltender with no support. Like it, yeah, the guy's a stud. Like yeah. you know, they don't have any defense. They don't have any defensive defense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Riley's great offensively. Barry's kind of great offensive, but neither of them really play defense. Muzzin just hasn't been didn't have like the edge he had all year. And after well, the that, second he know, got hurt, he was it was done it really, for Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you're trotting out Cody CC and Justin Hall and these guys that are, you know, those are bottom pairing defensemen playing above bottom pairing minutes. Um, yeah, it's just it became tough. And then the thing is the least don't have any flexibility because you've got all the money tied up in those top four forwards. So it's something hopefully, you know, the Rangers can kind of avoid and not get into, but I mean, you want to keep your best players. We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. I think someone's going to take advantage of Toronto and and get Nylander for yeah. pennies. Nylander's going to go cheap. Yeah, like yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'm going to quote one of my friends. I will remain lame this in that group chat, and he was he's a Leafs <laughs> fan, and he was like, "Right now, I'll be happy to trade Nylander for Damon Severson." And I was like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, what?" He goes, "He's cheap. He's controllable, and he's like not bad." I'm like. This is where Leafs fans have gone to already. That they, they're very like, this guy's not bad, so we'll trade him for Nylander. Like, not bad is not the bar that they've set. It's so just like, like all about getting money out is all it is. <laughs> getting money out, and I mean, like, you know, Nylander is like the scapegoat of all Leafs fans in terms of the forge right now, I think, as well. So it's, you know, it's it, it's it's a tough, tough situation for them right now. And, you know, that happens when you have those heavy expectations and, you know, you get bounced out in the first-ish quotation marks first round again for the 25th straight year, it seems like. Yeah. I do want as to just Oilers fan, I'm Sorry, go ahead, Kel. I just want to say, as an Oilers fan, I'm so, so thankful that the Leafs exist for us to just talk <laughs> shit about, too. Like, <laughs> you know, when everybody wants to talk shit about us, we can always go back to the Leafs. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just every, misery needs company, right? Exactly, <laughs> Yep, absolutely. I did just want to clarify before we uh, kind of wind down here, Jared. Um, Lundqvist for his bio would be two and a half million dollars of savings this year, and then a one point five cap hit next season, the, or the season after. So that's not actually that's terrible, not bad, considering he makes more. Yeah, more tenable. It's like I said. I think they don't need to save the money. I guess they could save the money this year for re-signing D'Angelo. I think when they traded Brady Shea to Carolina at the deadline, that kind of moved out some of the, gave them a little bit more flexibility. But yeah, I mean, they, I think, I just don't think they want to buy him out because of, you know, it just looks bad. The guys that face your franchise for the last like 15 years and you don't want to just dump them like that. But 
you know, it's, it's clearly not his team anymore. And you need to create the roster space for Gorgiev, like you mentioned. So yeah, it's, it's, it is a business. I hate to say it, you know? Yeah. It's uh, like, I was on board. I was convinced they were going to trade Kreider too. So I was like, do you want to give like a big extension to like a guy closing in on 30 that's going to take through, but you know, they managed to keep him and I think it's got, he's going to stay there for a while, but we'll see the future looks bright. Hopefully they don't screw it up. Yeah. I think we're in a similar boat here. (laughs) Future looks bright. (laughs) That's what's helping me sleep at night right now. (laughs) Well, with that boys, uh, guess we should get out of here hey jared if anybody's looking for betting tips where can they go to find you yes you can find me uh on twitter at jl hawk or find any of our great writers just at at covers uh for covers.com on twitter lots of content we're putting out there all the time uh yeah just uh lots of sports stuff always comes out of there from me and from from covers there and maybe you'll learn something and become a more informed and better better there you go buddy love to hear it might catch you on NHL 20 at time to time as well. <laughs> yes, yes. He's a big NHL 20 player. Yeah. You can see you at NHL 20 at Jayhawk. And if you see some guy flailing around the ice, it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. That will be me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Jared. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, Jared. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me there, guys. And I'll uh, talk to you soon and enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You as well. Take care. Hey, that was great. Thanks to you, Kyle, for setting up that uh, collab with Jared. That was uh, it was nice to pick his brain. That was an absolute blast. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. I've known him for almost a year now, going on a year. And yeah, he's super good guy. Love him. Like a you know phenomenal person outside of uh, his hockey betting too. Like just a very good human. So yeah, happy we got to have him on the show. I'm gonna be checking out some of those articles on Covers.com. Try and recoup some of my losses in the Oilers series. <laughs> my issue is I bet with my heart too much, man. I just like, and I, I use yeah, it as dude, like you got a, faith in your team. Yeah. I, I use it as a chip when, you know, like I'll give you an example. Oilers are down two one in the series and we're getting chirps of like, Oh, Blackhawks are going to end it. And I'm like, I use it as like a backup of like, here you go. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And then it blows up in my fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a, I got a $20 bet. I guess I'd never, never bet. Right. I got a $20 bet with my dad. He's going for, for the flames. I said, the flames aren't going to make the second round, but unfortunately got to play the goddamn stars who suck. So yeah, uh, we'll see. They did not deserve to win that game on Friday. Calgary. Nope. nope. They just keep squeaking out games, man. But, and those ex Oilers coming up fucking clutch, but you know what? I'll say right now, I'm as much as I hope it doesn't lead to the success of the Flames, I am genuinely happy that Cam Talbot and Lucic have recovered, <clears throat> excuse me, and continued their career in a in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, no hate. I mean, I hate them because they're Flames, but no animosity exactly. towards the person in particular. Yeah. I hope they do well and the loot and the Flames lose their next three games. <laughs> is where I'm at, but you can't win them all. I mean, I'll be sad about it happening, but they could make the finals and lose too. I just think that it's even funnier. Like, whatever. I wouldn't be happy that they made it that far, but just to see the crush in all their fans' faces, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah just to see that defeat and demoralization. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to wrap it up there. We hope everyone's doing well with all of our listeners. 
I do want to mention too, we featured that voicemail from Hockey Troll early on in the podcast. If anyone would like to leave us a similar voicemail or text into the show, you can do that at 587-415-2894. 587-415-2894. But we are going to leave it there. We hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and we will catch you next week. Bye-bye.